Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas in for key today. Mitchell Trubisky signs with the Steelers. Here's Lewis Riddick on Trubisky's fit with Pittsburgh. When he was in Chicago, when they decided to put him on the move, change the launch points, let him use his legs on design runs and or scramble type of situations, he was very, very effective. Where he got into trouble, Kev, was when they tried to make him a dropback passer mm. and really made him try and read things out like traditional dropback guys do. Now, that doesn't say he can't improve on that and get better at it, but what he does best is something that really is a staple for Pittsburgh offensively from a philosophical standpoint. So fit-wise, it makes perfect sense. People may not like it because of how statistically maybe he didn't live up to his number two overall draft billing, but from a stylistic standpoint, this is perfect. Mike Tomlin and, and Kevin Colbert nailed it. Yeah, I know. Jay, I know you think he has limited upside. Um, I will point out Mitchell Trubisky, since he's been in the league, you take out the rookie season, has won. Bo- bo- Wait, but this is true of both his numbers. win loss, <laughs> but, but this is wins, losses, and touchdowns to interception, two to one. Does that blow you away on the TD to interception? No, but it's competent quarterback play. Two to one touchdown interception ratio. It's competent, right? It's not incompetent. And, and two to one wins the losses for a team that lost a lot without him. And he made the playoffs twice. So even without any kind of, hey, is he getting better under Dable and all that stuff? Did he last year? Because he didn't start. Based on what I've seen so far, now, look, a lot of people said he's going to go to the Giants because that's where Dable is. And Jeremy Fowler reports that Trubisky's decision came down to the Pittsburgh Steelers and, indeed, the New York Giants. But he was looking for the best chance to get back on the field as a starter. So who's better, Mason Rudolph or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones, so that favors Pittsburgh. And for the best chance to win games, which, as I said, he's pretty good at doing. So who's better at that, Pittsburgh, who's never under 500 in Tomlin's, Tomlin's whole career as a coach, or the Giants, who haven't been over 500 in about 100 years? Once again, it favors Pittsburgh. Did the Giants make a mistake, Jay, by not going after Trubisky? Well, I think they went after Mitchell. But I think the opportunity for the Steelers to start was something that I think was, you know, probably I mean, by throwing more resources into it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, look. I am underwhelmed. I have no problem saying this publicly. I am underwhelmed by Mitchell Trubisky going to the Steelers. But I get the argument, and it makes sense when you think about how this franchise is ran, how they are coached, the success that they had with Big Ben and the injuries he had last year and their success. Like I, I like that combination together. I think that ground for Mitchell Trubisky is a better place to be than the New York Giants, who – are still trying to figure out what they actually have with Daniel Jones. So did the Giants miss out on an opportunity for Mitchell Trubisky? Yes, but I think it's the right fit for Mitchell Trubisky. The difference, I think, Harry, here is Trubisky not only is going to start. He's not competing with Mason Rudolph because Mason Rudolph can't compete with him, right? He's going to start. But in addition to that, he's an upgrade, in my view, over Roethlisberger last year. Like, Pittsburgh just got better at quarterback. 
by by what they had and by what they had mm-hmm. last year. The Giants, on the other hand, have Daniel Jones. He turns the ball over, but if you and that's He's a big better. thing. He's been better. He is not an awful quarterback. He is a starting caliber quarterback. So it's not clear that if they brought in Trubisky, they'd even improve there. He'd be brought in to genuinely compete with Daniel Jones for the job. How? how who's better, Trubisky or Jones? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Um, because Daniel Jones, I thought, was put in a better situation, not offensive line-wise, but offensively. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky... His skill set didn't get used to his advantage while in Chicago. But you know what I was doing over here, right, when I was had my head down, right? Hmm. I was looking up the defenses that Chicago had all those years Trubisky was there. <laughs> I got to tell you, Max, 2017, top 10. 2018, top 5. 2019, top 10. Can I ask you something, Harry? 2020, top 11. What was, what was their record when he didn't play? Because if, you, if it's all the defense, then your replacement should be able to hold it down. See, the thing about guys like that and Jimmy G, especially to me, mm-hmm. is I look at, oh, it's, the, it's, it's Shanahan's a genius, or the Bears have a defense. Well, okay, in that case, when you bring someone else in, even if their record's not as good, they should win sometimes. The Niners never win without Jimmy G. Like they're, one of, they're the worst team in football, basically, when he doesn't play. Same thing with the Bears. When Trubisky didn't play, to my recollection, I don't remember what the record was, but Nick Foles couldn't buy a win. Okay, but we're talking about Nick Foles here. I understand Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. MVP? MVP, but I understand. That, wasn't, that you... wasn't throughout a season, though. And Nick Foles also had another season under Chip Kelly through 27 touchdowns to two interceptions. And how many seasons has Nick Foles played in the league? A bunch, although, okay. although so, he's hurt a lot. But, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you can't just pick two reference points and say, hey, these are – I agree. This is what gets compared. No, that's right. It's not definitive, but it does suggest things to me that he's doing something, which is, I think, what Tomlin sees. He's doing something that you can win with given certain circumstances. So I'll tell you why I thought the Giants would have been a better situation for Mitchell Trubisky. He was with Brian Dable in Buffalo. I know Brian Dable is going to use his skill set to his advantage. I don't know what Pittsburgh is going to do. Matt Canada has to figure that out. that's, that's, That's part of their job. They had to figure that out. But I do know if he would have been with Brian Dable that they would have kind of used him like they used Josh Allen I wanna, around his skill set. But meantime, the guy who coached Josh Allen now has Daniel Jones. And ostensibly, he thinks there's potential in Daniel Jones or he doesn't take that job necessarily, right? Jay, do you think, just like you've kind of, you're kind of like, it seems to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems to me you're like, I've seen enough of Mitchell Trubisky. I know what he is. Okay. I- do you know what – is that right or wrong? You know what, Dan? I, I think that's, good... that's on the verge of how I feel to a degree. You'd to be surprised degree. if he showed you a lot more than he's already showed you. I think he could be a decent quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl content, consistent contending quarterback. What do you think of Daniel Jones so far and especially what he could possibly be? I want to see it activated through Brian Dable. What, when you, it, what's it? How good, what do you think the ceiling is based on what you've seen? Daniel Jones has shown me a little bit more upside. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that there has been obviously a a ton of questions around our O-line. You can make that same case for Mitchell Trubisky. I understand that. I I just still think that there is something that because of the, because of what he's had and because of what I've seen Brian Dable do with Josh Allen, there gives me a little bit more hope 
offensively with how the minds are built of franchise leadership now for Daniel Jones. It, but that gap window is this year. Like, I got to find out this year. See, I think Daniel Jones can throw it down the field well. You look, and, at, you look at the New Orleans game, yeah. the New Orleans game, where he threw for over, what, 400 yards in that game when all his people were healthy. So what do you think the upside for Daniel Jones is? Do you think there's more there, and how high can it go? It's to be determined. Yes, it's clearly. To be, it's but to be what's determined. your feeling about it? Um, I think Brian Dable can get a better version of Daniel Jones. Uh-huh. I really do. Because I love Josh Allen. I wasn't high on Josh Allen at, the, at this first year. Right? I think he completed like in the 50 percentile when it came to completing passes. Raw, very raw. But one of the things that they did was bring a Stephon Diggs, right? They put the pieces around him, and they started playing towards his strengths. That's important. That's, that, that's coaching. Because you can have a dynamic player, but if you don't use him to his strengths, and you're basically basing it on your system and not just putting everything around what he does great, then you have a deficiency as a coach. Giants are rebuilding the O-line competently, it seems to me, which means the running game will be better. When the running game's better, it makes it easier for the quarterback. Even before the quarterback has offensive weapons, I think Daniel Jones will improve on what we've seen so far. The question is, does he do it enough that we can see really where he can go down the line? Bart Scott, co-host of Bart and Han, is with us now. Good morning, Bart. What up, Bart? What's going on? What up, son? Why y'all did uh, let me come in the studio? Y'all be hating. Don't that's come not right on us. I'm just, I'm, just play, I'm just playing. It's too early. I was, it's yeah. too early. <laughs> and I know you're only about you know 15 miles away. What are you doing? Why hey. aren't you here? Hey, man, I'm sitting. I'm sitting at, at my desk on my in my jock strap, man. I'm good. Oh I'm chilling. My God. Hey, we didn't need to know go, everything about go, that. But here you go with this nonsense, Bart. Let me ask you the question. <laughs> let me ask you the question. More upside, Daniel Jones or Mitchell Trubisky? Daniel Jones, no question about it. I mean, you talk about Daniel Jones has a much higher ceiling than Mitchell Trubisky. We've seen Mitchell Trubisky with a relatively functional team, right? I understand that Matt Nagy wasn't the greatest coach, that he didn't pick him. He was supposed to be brought in to fix him. But, you know, Daniel Jones, to me, has shown a lot of upside. I mean, I think him fixing his turnover problem is just about focusing, understanding the internal clock. And, I mean, he's had a turn stop at the left tackle position. I think Andrews played a lot better. But I like, you know, his skill set. I think he's a much mobile quarterback. We don't give him credit for it. I mean, we, we all laugh that he went 21 miles an hour and fell, but he got up to 21 miles an hour. So you can get a little bit of RPO with him, but I also like his ability to throw the ball down the field. I mean, he's a much accurate quarter, a much more accurate quarterback down the field than Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky is like death by a thousand paper cuts. He's check down Charlie. Where you where, When we see Daniel Jones play very well, he's very accurate at throwing a deep ball. Uh, Kenny Galladay let him down last year. Quite frankly, I believe the Giants organization has let Daniel Jones down, and we don't have a true assessment of what he is as a quarterback. Pat Shermer, Joe Judge, he's on his third coach. He needs stability, and he needs somebody to stand on the table and believe in him. So, so Bart, with stability, and, and I get you on stability, but like, you know, what's, what's the leniency you give Daniel Jones? I mean, he has this year to figure it out. What do you need to see from him in order to understand that he is our franchise QB? I need to see leadership. Even with that, you know what I mean. I I don't give him a big deal after this year. I think he they they still I think he still has one more year where they can yep. maybe just pick up his option, right? So I, I want to see two, I want to see you do it two years in a row. I want Brian Dayball to build an offense around you and what you do well, and I want to see you become a leader. I need you to be a plus multiplier. I need you to 
bring something out of Kenny Galladay. I need you to have Kadarius Tony going. I mean, I think they finally gave up on Evan Ingram and they needed to because he needs a, st- a stability. Um, you know, the uh, quarterback's best friend is a tight end because those are easy throws, check downs, somebody that you can count on, and they need to protect them. And quite frankly, um, uh, Saquon Barkley needs to do his job. He was, he was built to us as a yellow jacket, right? He was supposed to be a generational talent. Not so generational so far. I mean, his first year was outstanding, but he needs to come back and be the player that they picked him to be and the player that they paid him to be. Well, see, Bart, that's one of the things that makes me nervous about Brian Dable. I like him as a coach, but while he was in Buffalo, running the football wasn't his forte. And you look at a guy like a Saquon Barkley, do you think he's going to stay committed to the run and give Saquon a chance to really show what he can do like he did in his first, uh, I'll say first, first year, really? Well, you know, Brian Dayball has shown that he can be flexible because he also, you know, coached at, at Alabama. He also coached with the Patriots. So I think we forget about, you know, the different versions of what he has been. You know, you kind of, you know, you kind of lean to your skill set. And Josh Allen was that running game a lot of the times because that's what they had. Singletary later in the year became a lot better um, part of the run game. They had a little bit more commitment to it. So, you know, with that being said, I think that he can adjust. And you, if you have a talent like Saquon Barkley, you continue to build his line the right way. You go out and you address offensive line in the um, draft. You finally got Nate Solder out of there. So you, maybe you can go get a great right tackle. If not, go get a guy like Tyler Lindenbaum, um, uh, anchor at the, um, at the center, center position probably for the next – 15 years, we see what Creed Humphreys did for the Kansas City Chiefs. You got to get you a Pro Bowl caliber player at the offensive line. I think Andrews finally stepped up a little bit. Hernandez is a good run blocker, but, you know, continue to address that offensive line. Then I can address what I believe about Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones because I believe it's a pivotal year for both of those guys. 2006 Pro Bowler Bart Scott joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Bart, uh, Mitchell Trubisky goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am – Harry and I, (laughs) Max is not, are part of the camp of, okay, like I understand. It makes sense economically. I understand how brilliant of a coach Mike Tomlin is. I've seen the job he's done last year with the aging Ben Roethlisberger. But I am not a believer that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the answer. It feels like he's more like uh, he's serving gap time until they can find that future quarterback. How do you see it? I mean, listen, this is last chance you right here, right? We, we understand. Like, <laughs> we, I've never seen somebody's stock go up higher for not playing, for us not seeing if he can play or not, right? Everybody told me, well, he, he was so much better under Brian Dayball. What? He, he had six pass attempts for eight, eight attempts and six completions for a whopping 75 yards. How the hell can we know if he's learned his lesson, right? So we'll see. When you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they still have problems with addressing the offensive line, couldn't run the ball last year. That's horrible for a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. So what do you think about what the Jets have done in free agency so far? (laughs) Signed a real good guard, I thought, and to a a deal that makes some sense, right? No, absolutely. I mean, also a guy that's familiar with their program and understand how they like to try and run the football. I think that they 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 really like um, Noah Fan and what he how he played. And it's not that they think that Noah Fan. I mean, I'm sorry, Noah Fan. CJ Uzama. That, that no, no, that no, that that Fan um, is yeah. George Fan is a better left tackle than Makai Becton. They just believe that Makai Becton is a much more effective right tackle than than Fant is, so they want to get their best players on the, on the field. I mean, Fant, all the way until the end of the year, hadn't given up one sack. 
So you talk about having Veer Tucker at guard. Now they go out and get Tomlin, and he, he's going to be part of the guard. I wonder now if they're going to go and address the center position. You can get Linderbaum. Yeah. I, the Giants won't take him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you go out and you address Linderbaum. The problem is, do you want to move back? And what do you do with the first pick? Because you got Sauce Gardner sitting there. Or they may say, you know what, let's go get a, a, the second center on the board with one of our second-round draft picks. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Jets continue to, 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 to go with this offseason because I feel like if the price tag gets too high for guys like Allen Robinson, uh, DJ Shark, or, or somebody out there at the wide receiver position, then you say, you know what, we address that one in the draft because it may be cheaper for us to go out and get us a – a uh, safety that may be under the price tag of twenty one million dollars. Christian yeah, Kirk just messed up. Yeah, Christian, Christian Kirk just messed up the market. Right, twenty one million dollars. I, I know Devontae Adams was like, ah, I need at least twenty five. Right, so now you got guys. It's always somebody that messes it up. It used to be the Raiders. We loved it because they would re, <laughs> they, they would reset the market. Like man, they pay who what. And all the, all the other teams looking like, man, what the hell are we, we supposed to do with that? So now, you know, you look at, you know, now Jacksonville, of course, right, reset the market. But I do like Azuma. Um, I thought that, you know, he was a good pickup. He, he dominated. I'm surprised the Bengals didn't fight for him a lot more. $8 million is not a lot of money. You know, last year the Jets got the least productivity from that position than anybody in the league. So I think, you know, listen, they're building – uh, but they still have a lot of money, and they've been relatively responsible with it. But I guarantee you that they're big fish hunting. But you know, Joe Judge isn't uh, Joe, Joe Judge. Joe Douglas isn't going to come out of character and overpay somebody a ridiculous amount of money. Bart Scott, co-host of Bart and Han here on ESPN Radio. Let, let's take a listen to what someone said on this network on a show called Bart and Han about a potential Deshaun Watson trade. Tell me if you uh, agree with this guy or not. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals. NFC, we know that Houston wants to trade them out of the AFC because they don't want to see him for 10 years. I would trade Kyler Murray Here we go. one for one. Maybe I'd give you a fourth. One for one, mm-hmm. I would give you Deshaun Watson, and you can have an MVP candidate, a guy that's a little younger, and you can have him. There we go, right? I mean, it makes sense. Win-win. That guy makes sense to you? It makes 100% I think a sense. lot of people think he's nuts. Deshaun Watson is a top-five quarterback, though, Bart. Yes, he is. But let me tell you something. If they get three first-round draft picks for him, can you guarantee that, 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 that you're going to be able to get a franchise quarterback? No, because if you get three first-round draft picks this year, it's not a franchise quarterback in the draft. Kyler Murray has been an MVP candidate. Like, he has lived up to the billing. Is he a great leader? No. He has to mature? Yes. But listen. And you know I, that's, but you know that's huge, Bart, because we're on the same page when it comes to that. You okay, know that's okay, big okay, for your oh, team. Okay, name, name, name me 10 quarterbacks better than Kyler Murray in the league right now. It's hard to do. Yeah, there right? aren't. He's, he's 24 years old. He's a dual-threat quarterback. What is, what is the Houston Texans going to get back in return that's better than that? They have their own first-round draft pick that's pretty damn high. So if you're able to go get a guy like Kyler Murray, and if you're on the other side from Arizona, you're, I'm looking at it like, okay, he's saying he's not going to play for $5 million, right? So, okay, he, want, he wants to try and dictate the, the terms to us. I'm going to get rid of him, and I'm going to bring a quarterback that's better, right? Do you think that Arizona isn't a Super Bowl contender with Deshaun uh, Watson right now? With all the talent that they have, he well, threw for 4,800 yards. Right, but I think the idea, Bart, the reason people react to it, have a big reaction to it, is that you're getting someone like Deshaun Watson, who when he's on the field is a top five quarterback, 
for <laughs> Kyler Murray, who's, who's, top, who's, who's top, top 10. Who's top 10. Okay, top but 10. Your, your answer to that, and I that's think a is, difference, though. I think, but, I, but guys, I think Bart has a persuasive answer to really? that, which is let's say you get three first-round picks or even four. What are the odds that one of them is going to be a quarterback as good as Kyler Murray? That's a pretty good answer, I think. How do you answer that, guys? Like, Bart, what do you have to say to that, Harry? Next year's draft, you got QBs coming out. Okay, good luck. I, Are I they proven? Are they proven? This dude is proven. He's only 24 years old. He's 24 time, years old. This is the first time I'm well, hearing all, three all ones. I, you get three ones. All I've known is that the last two years, I've seen the offense in the team for the Arizona Cardinals go downhill. I didn't see them transcending. Oh, upward. man, come on, son. All right. due to a lot all of right. injuries. All right. well, no, I'm, injuries. Okay. I'm just saying, but the quarterback was – okay. so you just okay. going to okay. the quarterback okay. decision? Okay, okay, so go out and draft Daniel Jones. Okay, go out and draft Sam Darnold. Okay, go out and draft Mitchell Trubisky. These are all guys that were high picks that turned out to be bums. What are you talking about? I'm getting a guy that I know can play football. I'm getting a guy that I know I can build a franchise around. But, this but is Bart, a guy that gives Bart, me I guess scheme Bart, flexibility. But why the biggest caveat, hold on, hold on one second, guys. I hear what you're saying as it relates to all the on-field things, right, from a but physical you perspective. But you got to factor everything. I, 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 don't, I can't let you get up here and minimize how hard you've been on, Kyler, from yes. a leadership perspective. So yes. I, I, I hear the talent aspect, but from a leadership perspective – like, do I want that in my – do I want to build my culture around that? He's That's been a legit the, concern. He's been in the NFL for three years. Sometimes leaders Don't aren't – Don't talk to Larry Fitzgerald. Some, some, See some, what Larry Fitzgerald no, no. think about some, some, Sometimes leaders aren't born, they're built. And sometimes you got to teach a young man how to lead grown men. And sometimes you, you have to, you have to put it, tell him to put his big boy pants on. So, Bar Scott, if you were the Houston Texans, would you make that deal? Knowing what you know about Kyler Murray? Yes, I would. You would build yeah. your franchise around I, I, Kyler I would do my due diligence. Let me tell you something. Arizona's building their franchise around them. They may not agree with, okay, Sam. I'm not talking about Arizona. I'm talking about you and the things I've heard you say yes. about Kyler Murray on national TV. If my, if, if, if my, if my, if my alternative is Tyrod Taylor and Mills, you damn right <laughs> I'm doing that. Are you serious? Am I going to sit up there and say, Yo, I don't want a leader. I'll take Tyrod Taylor because his leadership is great. Come Bart, on, Bart, son. Your what logic, the hell are you talking about? Bart, your logic is sound. The only thing I disagree with is if I'm the Texans, I think I can get Kyler and better than a number four pick. Yeah. I could get Kyler. From where? Okay, okay. Uh, who uh, who uh, you want? Okay. Pick. Okay, I want, I want, want Kyler, and I want maybe a first along with him. No, nah, no, nah, well, well, I'll well, give you a two. Ky- hold on, hold on, right, hold on, hold on. Right now, give me a two and a three. Hold on, hold on. Tell me this. Right now, if Kyler Murray was available on the market, how many ones would he be worth? Three, three to four. Three to four. So yeah. I'm three giving you somebody months. that's worth three to four with somebody that's worth three to four. All right. And I'm giving right. you a four. Okay, you yeah. talk me it's, off my it's one. Equal, I, want you to throw in, I want you to throw in a three with okay. the two. Take your three. Done. Now I'll tell you what. Done. With Tyler yeah. Murray, a two and a three, you got Deshaun Watson. Yeah, just, and that's I, how I'll negotiations take, go down. But I'll take that deal. But right. I'm not taking Deshaun Watson okay. in a in the and a four. So the you four. want him to up the, the same thing Okay, okay. Take take my third in next year's three. Congratulations. You played yourself. You we, just, we just, we just had to get, we just had to get you out of that fourth. That playoff round thing was, was mind-boggling to me. Please, please, do not take my pocket change. Stop. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? Khalil, is, Mack, Khalil Mack went for a sixth and a fifth. What the hell are you talking that about? That is Bart Scott. I'm surprised <laughs> I'm surprised you went with Son the whole time and not done. Son, he got real New done, York. Done. He was Stay yo, done. The yo, done. That's Bart Scott, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to miss him. Noon today on, on man. Bart and Han. Yes. Nah, man. This velvet nope. goes good on nope. my Nope, stop. Oh, for crying out Jeez. loud. Jeez.
A <laughs> battle of bigs play, playing at an MVP level. I can't believe you just. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel Habitual 80. line stepper. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. If Hakeem Olajuwon and Kevin Durant had a baby, oh gosh. guess what? It would be Joel Embiid that would come out. To be honest, I just talked to Joel, and I, uh, we have the same comment uh, centers. As long as the big man wins, we're going to be fine. That's my thing. If so-and-so and so-and-so had a baby. If 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 Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant had a baby, Russell Westbrook. If Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson had a baby, LeBron James. Russell Westbrook, stop, Max. Yeah, those, other, those other two guys can shoot. Who's Giannis? I know, but, hmm? Who's Giannis? If who and who had a baby, who's Giannis? I like this game. Oh, I usually like to have players from a previous generation. Giannis is a tough one. <laughs> Giannis. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Who do you got? Thinking like AD and K. Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant. Is that enough bulk, though? Because Giannis got some, he worked his way up into a muscular frame. I don't know. It's not, Giannis is a tough one to do. Mm-hmm. Who's wiry strong? You know what? KG. KG? Because he's wiry strong, KG right? KG and KD? Or, but that's too much. Oh, they, that's they, a lot they of skill. Too, they too yeah, thin, though. The handles. Yeah, it's KG and. See, Giannis can put the ball on the ground and. It becomes hard. Oh, Yates says KG and Shaq, but he's not big enough to be Shaq's kid. But I get what he's saying. Well, KG makes up because KG's so skinny. So we kind of, you know, you compare the two together. Yeah, the Greek freak, brother. He's a unicorn. Yeah, man, he is. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. That voice you heard was Harry Douglas, who's sitting in for Key today. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So, you heard it in SportsCenter. Carl Anthony Towns drops an NBA high 66 with an S. Zero. 60 what? points. He upstaged the battle of the bigs. You know, he's not. Listen, the best big in the game is either Jokic or Embiid. And they went head-to-head last night in Philly. And Jokic's team came back on Embiid's team and won, which according to Alan Yates proves once and for all, Jokic is better than Embiid. Isn't that right, Yates? Our very own Alan Yates. Makes me wonder what's going on with the coaching staff. But sure, we can go with that one too, Max. That's fine with me. (laughs) Jokic versus Embiid has been a huge topic on this show. And last night, Embiid put up the points, as he always does. 31 consecutive 30-point games. Embiid has lost his mind. And Jokic filled the stat sheet as usual and got the win. We talked just about Giannis and AD. 
Cat went for 60. Forget about a guy like Vucevic. You know what he does? Everything well. Vucevic does everything well. And you got it's a golden era of bigs. But, yep. uh, take it. I mean, we're watching almost in this past week and a half, two weeks, in gold, a, a golden era of scoring. Yeah. I mean, th- think we and see skill. KD go for 50-point games. LeBron go for multiple 50-point games. Kyrie going for 50-point games. Trey Young dropping 46, 47. Steph Curry dropping 46. After dropping 30. 46, by the After way. After dropping 46. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's, what we're seeing right now is just a different level of basketball. Yeah. In Listen, general. Every gener- in every sport. That's why I never say who's better than who, right? I say who's greater because – Better in every sport, the athletes, it's not just they get bigger, stronger, faster, whatever. It's that they build on the skill of the previous generation. They take from it, learn from it, refine it, make it better. It's how you do against your contemporaries. You know what Giannis would have done to the NBA in the 80s? Right? See, you know, I, but it's not in the 80s. He's got to do it now. And the game changes. Over time, the game changes. It moves in different directions. And I think that's, that's in just about every sport. Yeah. I'm making an announcement today. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, I... Today is March 15th, mm-hmm. 2022. Mm-hmm. I vow to myself and to the people mm-hmm. that I don't think I'm going to any longer compare, like, who's the greatest of all time. Like I'm going to try K- and get you to break that today. Yeah, no, I'm it's not going to gonna happen. Like, even when we were set. at the top of our show, you asked me specifically, who's better? Do you have Joel Embiid or do you have Jokic? I'm like, I can't really compare. I mean, Jokic is the entire offense for a team that is depleted, where Joel Embiid's skill set is so uniquely different than Jokic's skill set. They're both incredible. They're unique one-on-ones. And I almost feel like I, I owe the conversation of basketball the same respect as it relates to Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Let me tell you why. Because they're so dynamically different in how they're built. Let me tell you why that doesn't sit well with sports fans. I don't care if it does. It sits well with somebody <laughs> who's competing at the highest level, who Ooh, understands that there are that's exactly right. slightly different levels to that, it and th- how they're seen. Exactly right. Because at the uppermost level of any sport, the differences are much smaller than people realize, right? But let me tell you why it doesn't sit well with fans. The whole point, the industry is built on seeing who's better. That's the whole thing. The competition, who at the end of the game, when, when time is up, when the innings are over, however, at the end of the contest – who has won and who has lost. The entire theory that it's based on is creating a hierarchy. So, so that's what fans like to do. It becomes mm-hmm. a sport in itself. Debating, yeah, right? But, like but, that but, becomes an but, event. But see, debating who- is very surface-like things because sometimes I start going into depth with fans about yeah. like, all right, so how do you categorize luck? Right? Like there are a lot of luck plays that happen for Michael Jordan. There are a lot of luck plays that happen for Tom Brady. Do you categorize that into how you, de- how you, decide, how do you decide who's the greatest? You know what? It's, but that's a legitimate question. And, Harry, I do. At a certain point with Tom Brady, I did not give him enough credit because – and I always – by the way, I've been saying he's the uh, of GOAT. Of course, because – For 10 years. You've you know? been his motivation right. because <laughs> right. of your words. That's right. I am the, the greatest quarterback who ever – so, so for years I've been saying he's the GOAT, but I always thought – Man, he got he got lucky a lot. At a certain point over 23 years, how many times do you have to see a guy get quote unquote lucky before you realize there is a, a luck is the residue of design, right? It can't just be the ball always bounces one guy's way. He yeah, has to be doing we something. Try, we, we even try to compare Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Look at Bill can't do it without Tom, yeah. and it's like, well, Tom did it one time without Bill, and I, I understand, but that team was also loaded. Like they were positioned differently, talent wise. First of all, Jay. 
you guys, like you especially, two-time player of the year, and very few have ever done that. You won a national title. So for the rest, I'll be damned if you gonna dis- you're not going to discredit me. For, you got so, to start naming my right. accolades. Not, n- <laughs> listen, the hell wrong with Harry, by the way, Tell Harry Douglas Harry. played at the highest level in the NFL, time. his brother in the NBA. <laughs> listen, you, you get you. He said, fine. Spencer, you, Jay, excuse yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> Have, were you two-time player of the year? I was AP All-American. Tell no, him. tell him. All tell right, him. Listen. Say it with your chest, too, Even Harry. Even though I was second team, I was still AP All-American. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> but, but my point is, you guys, you got it at, not out of your system, but you were able, for the rest of us, this is the sport that we play. Not just in the media, fans. Yeah. The sport that we play is the competition of creating a hierarchy and debating it with other people. That's a huge part of the kind of psychic life of a sports fan. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. So, guys, the NBA fined the Brooklyn Nets $50,000 for violating local health and safety protocols by letting Kyrie Irving into the locker room on Sunday. Kyrie is allowed to enter the arena, but not the workplace environment. The locker room is considered part of the Nets' workplace environment at the Barclays Center. Ultimately, the NBA fined the organization, not Kyrie, for the violation. And I don't know how an organization can afford $50,000 in this day and age. This is going to financially strap them moving forward and probably uh, inhibit their ability to make deals. Is workplace – how about practice? Isn't that workplace? Isn't that the it, same thing? I think it's – Or is it pri- – it, It's a. I think it's viewed as a private sector. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's – the practice facility is own uh, – I think because it's private. It's a separate I think location. Somebody, it's a private. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I, I have no idea. That's how I don't viewed. know the answer to that. No. So he wouldn't have been fined if when him and KD dapped each other up and walked off, but him going into the locker room. Because it's not about your – I think your focus No, I'm seems, just asking. I'm asking. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answers. Anything. It seems to me the answer is no to that and yes to the other one. The, I, I think that the focus is not so much on, well, the one can spread COVID. What about the other? It's more about – enforcing the mandate that workers have to get vaccinated, right? Yeah. And, and, and the mayor made a good point when KD was like, he's, he should change the mandate, essentially. The mayor's like, or, or Kyrie can get vaccinated. So it's be easier. So here's what Amber Wilson said. The legal answer, um, the practice facility was determined as a private office space, mm-hmm. thus not subject uh, to a vaccine mandate, unlike the arena. 
which is open to the public. Huh. Okay. Right, but you're, but Jay was asking, what about the practice facility? That's what I was saying. Versus well, there, the well, locker room. Well, see, can he go? He can go to the practice facility, but he can't go to the locker room. It, it, it makes no sense to me. And there's a practice <laughs> facility in the arena in which they shoot around with too. Is he allowed to shoot in there? <laughs> It seems to me there should be a technical answer to this, but I don't know it off the top of my head. I mean, I'm, I'm just... A lot of people I, don't I, know it. At yeah. this time, I'm over. I'm over. Like, I, yeah. All right, whatever you guys want to do. Like, okay. That, the question seems to be, like, let's deal with reality. The question seems to be, can the Brooklyn Nets win a championship with Kyrie playing half the games? I think they have a legitimate chance. That's not the question. The question is, can they get out of the eighth or seventh seed to not play Toronto to have the best chance to have Kyrie play as many games as possible? Otherwise, he doesn't play in the first yes, round he at all. Play the first round. Can and, they and beat Tor- Toronto without Kyrie? I don't think so. Even with Mills and with have you seen KD? how long Scotty Barnes, yeah. Precious Achoa, how long these athletes are and how they you defend. brought it up Ananobi earlier. Masai's no joke. Point? Yeah, he's coming back. Be a tough matchup for the Brooklyn Nets. Masai Ujiri is no joke. He doesn't need a superstar to put together a very good team. I checked in with a source. I was told at least a half dozen teams have inquired already. I was told the market is robust. I don't care if Deshaun Watson plays football again. Like, that's not a right because he can throw a football. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I would trade Kyler Murray. Here we go. One for one. I will give you Deshaun Watson, and you can have an MVP candidate, a guy that's a little younger, and you can have him. Hey. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, Harry Douglas in for Key Today, ESPN Radio. And we are joined now by the ESPN NFL insider, everyone knows, Adam Schefter. What's up, Shefty? Hello there, Max. How you doing? We're doing, uh, I mean, like, I can't even imagine what it's like to be you right now every other second. It's like you can't even keep track of what happened yesterday because 10 new things happen every day. You heard all the sound right there. What's the latest on Deshaun? It's moving along. It's moving along swiftly. And I would not be surprised if there's a deal in place by the end of this week. I think all sides are working to make that happen. Deshaun met yesterday during the day with the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers in Houston. And this was obviously a fact-finding mission for both sides, for the teams to hear from him, his explanation of the events over the last year, which he's still facing with 22 civil lawsuits, his getting to listen to these teams and the ways – that they think that he would fit into their organization, their city, their offense. And I think, obviously, with him having the no-trade clause, he really gets to drive this process. And the compensation is not going to be much of an issue. My understanding is that besides all the teams involved are all down the road with the Texans on compensation. So that would not be a holdup. But what... Deshaun Watson needs to do is say, I want to go play for this team. After meeting with these teams and hearing what they had to say, if a team was comfortable with what he had to say, it would be up to him to then say, I want to go play in this city. And I think that's the process that he and the teams, the exercise that they're going through this week, uh, they're well into that process. The process is moving. Uh, Like I said, the compensation would not be a hang-up, and I think that they'll get it done. At some point in time here. Shefty, uh, how, how real is the Browns' interest in Deshaun Watson? Because you keep hearing a lot of this talk around, can Baker Mayfield be the guy to get it done? Is that a real thing? I think it's real enough that they're investigating it, of course. You know, if you see a quarterback like Deshaun that's available, um, I think it's up to 
every organization to look into a situ- situation like that to see if it's worth uh, upgrading your franchise, right? Um, so, I mean, how real is it? Well, it's not real unless it gets done. But it's real enough that, you know, they, they've looked into it, and, uh, and we go from there. Adam, you look at all the teams that are in the mix for Deshaun Watson. What do you think is the best landing spot from him, for him? Wherever he feels comfortable, to be honest with you. I mean, look, I, I think the Texans would rather trade him to an NFC team. I think it's clear that he's going to um, – hold on. I, I think it's clear that he wants to uh, wind up with one of these teams. He's signed off on meeting with these teams. Uh, to me, I, I think the NFC teams would be the favorites because that's where Houston wants to trade them. But I don't know how it would handicap at this point in time. You know what's great when Adam's like, uh, hold on, or sounds distracted for a second? This happened on this just in the other day, 2 p.m. Eastern ESPN. Uh, Adam is like getting information throughout the day. And the other day on the <laughs> yeah. air, I was like, you know what, Adam? Take that. <laughs> we'll get Come back, back and to report you. That because show. that is the breaking news. You know, something, Adam, that um, talking to Adam Schefter here on Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn Johnson, ESPN Radio. I, I asked Mike Tannenbaum this because Harry Douglas floated the idea. No, they denied permission to talk to the Colts, right? For the Colts to talk to, to, to and that makes sense in the division. I, I would trade him in the conference, but okay, Mike T says he never would do that. But when I asked him, hey, no trade, what if he was like, nope, you guys are going to have to eat this money or trade me to the Colts? And Mike Tannenbaum paused and said, I would trade him to the Colts, which is the last thing you want to do. Does he have that kind of leverage here? Who's, I, I'm sorry, Max. I got a, I got a lot of things going on. What was the question? I can I'm sorry. Does, I does, does Deshaun have enough? That's what I know. Yeah. You're breaking news. Yes. Right? By the way, he has enough yeah. leverage to force a trade to the Colts even? No, no. Um, in this particular case, I, I don't think he can do that. He said, look, I, I think the Colts were interested in talking to him. And the Texans can also say, as is their right, <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Uh, yeah, we're not going to trade you in our division. And I, I mean, I think regional people can understand that when there are other teams that are viable that Deshaun can't expect to be traded to Indianapolis or Tennessee or Jacksonville. Like, that, that's not practical and realistic. I don't think anybody would expect that. And Indianapolis inquired. There was conversations. And uh, Houston said, yeah, that's not going to happen with Indianapolis. So what's the most likely landing spot? Because we just saw the Christian Kirk deal, huge deal. It seemed to come out of left field, for, and it seems like it, the market's going to be a little different for wideouts now. What's the most likely landing spot for Jarvis Landry, Adam? Well, I know he's talking to Kansas City and New Orleans last night, and and these are such fluid things, right? Like this morning, DJ Shark goes to Detroit. Now, where does Allen Robinson go? Where does Marquez Valdez Scantling go? Where does Juju Smith Schuster go? And all of a sudden, one team, one player picks a team, and it changes the market, and then another team, like. Max, these are moving targets. It's impossible to say, you know, where a guy's going to end until it winds up. Like, you know, I don't think DJ Shark would have thought yesterday if we were having this conversation he was going to wind up in Detroit, but he did. You know, early on, you could see, like, Jacksonville was going to put a full-court press on some of their guys, and it got Christian Kirk, and it got Zay Jones, and clearly it had targets. Uh, but, but these things kind of change by the day. And so it's not easy to pinpoint somebody's home when it is as fluid a process as it is. Adam, last question for you. Where are the Packers and Aaron Rodgers on a deal at the moment? 
Yeah, the deal is done. The deal is officially done. It's um, $150 million for three years. And I'm looking at the contract, which is one of the things that that was going on as we're talking here, as it was texted into me, and it's, uh, it's rather lengthy. Um, but that, that is the deal. It, you know, it's a three-year, $150 million deal. Um, and from what I understand, um, it's a case where Aaron took less than what the Packers were willing to pay, obviously because he wants to try to help the team be better. Um, he, he literally said that's too much and gave back some money. So that, that's not a, you, that's not a um, regular thing that you hear. It's kind of a little bit Tom Brady-esque, you know, with the way it was back in New England. But that, that's what happened here. It is a three-year, $150 million deal, and it is signed. Wow. Do we have – Adam, real quick, and we have like 30 seconds. Are you aware yet? Have you seen yet? Is all the money guaranteed, and is there a mechanism by which he could, like, retire and not have to pay back bonus money, which Max, would, which would it, do? It, it's a year – my understanding – like, you're, again, the contract's being texted to me as we're talking to you, which is why I was pausing. Sure. Um, I'd have to look at it, but my understanding is it's a year-to-year proposition with him, ah, and he has the ability to walk to away every year after that's, after each year. Yep, that's that's the relevant information. Thanks, Chef. This, we're going to have a big reaction next. Thanks, Shefty. Adam Schefter, like, that is in real time, ladies and you gentlemen. That, Max. We'll react to what you just heard from Adam wow. Schefter. The Aaron Rodgers deal done. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.